everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Paragon Sports Consulting Podcast. My name is Colby Drost. I'm the president founder. Paragon Sports Consulting is a player advising firm helping players of the ages of 14 through 20 navigate their path to college hockey. Today we have a guest from the Manitoba Junior Hockey League, Calvin Check. Uh, Calvin coached uh, Midget AAA in Vancouver. Uh, he coached a couple years at the University of British Columbia as assistant coach. And during the 2019-20 season, first season as a head coach, uh, from my research at least, and uh, t- took over Winkler uh, in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League. So uh, where they went 38-17-2-3 and three, uh, before obviously the season was ended due to COVID. But uh, Calvin, how are you today? I'm great, Colby. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you coming on here. I guess first, like every league and teams going through, how are you guys doing or your or the MGHL and, and Winkler? Uh, what's what's the plan of attack for people that don't know with COVID? Yeah, I mean, we're we're doing pretty incredible considering the state of the world and you know, everything that a lot of people are going through right now. Um, it's it's tough out there and it's hard to watch. So, you know. We can only worry about what we can control. So our season is starting on October 9th, and and we're thrilled. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I guess for for uh, the people that that maybe don't know you or, or don't know much about you besides doing some research, you know, obviously you've had some pretty unique experiences coaching at college, midget level, now you know junior with Winkler. I guess talk about your first year as a head coach, I guess kind of what led to that and maybe how your past experiences have, have maybe molded part of, uh, you know, how you run your program today. Yeah. I mean, well, how it came about, it's hockey is a pretty small world. And um, a guy I was working with um, in Vancouver, Nate Leslie grew up in Carmen, which is about 15 minutes away from here. It's actually Eddie Belfort's hometown. So nice. Um, yeah. Nate grew up with our general manager, Jeff Jeanson. And uh, they were looking for a new coach in the spring last year. And Jeff reached out to Nate. And then uh, Nate threw my name into the ring. And that's kind of how it all got started. So I'll be honest, I didn't know what a Winkler was before I uh, heard about this job. Um, and that's kind of the thing. It's sort of like, you know, it's, it's a really well-kept secret. So once I talked to Jeff and started that process, it was just, you know, an incredible opportunity. And I was pretty bummed to leave UBC and leave my buddy Sven, but uh, yeah, like I said, it was a, it was an awesome opportunity, and and here we are. Yeah, I think for people that don't realize, like there's, if you want to be a head coach, whether it's college or junior, there's only so many opportunities. Uh, would you Would you agree? Or, yeah, 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 for sure. And I mean, and it's it's about getting the right opportunity too. Like, you know, the first time I talked to Jeff, and we talked on the phone for an hour, and I know it was an hour because that's how long it took to get from my apartment on campus at UBC to Richmond to run some skill stuff in the, in the spring. And it's like 15 kilometers away. So we talked for an hour and it was just, you know, as much as he's interviewing me and that's clearly what's, you know, what's important. You know, I want to know about them too. And we're sort of interviewing them and it's just, it was just an awesome situation. Yeah, I think, and, and we'll get into Winkler and, and maybe what drew you to it specifically. And obviously you guys had a lot of success this year, but I mean, for a lot of people, whether it's outside of, of uh, Manitoba or, or obviously a lot of the kids I work with are from the United States, I guess, you know, the overview of the Manitoba Junior Hockey League for people that aren't familiar with it, maybe talk about the, 
geography of it and, and the scheduling set up and I guess too just a little bit of the basics that outline you know how many Americans or teams allowed 20 year old rules anything like that just to kind of sure, sure. People, uh, an, up, uh, an up-to-date kind of understanding yeah well I mean so it's um it was it's been an 11 team league up until a week ago now it's a 12 team league um we actually added another franchise um in in Winnipeg which is awesome so Nice. Uh, yeah. So 12 teams, which is cool. The, the league's, you know, the league is growing and, and obviously we're, you know, to be able to do that in the middle of the pandemic is, is really impressive. So yeah, it's a 12 team league. Um, there's yeah, a couple teams in Winnipeg, a couple teams, you know, an hour or so away from Winnipeg sort of suburbs wise. Um, and then there's a couple teams up North. Um, the furthest team from us is OCN, which is about eight and a half hours. Uh, so we do that trip in a normal year, we do that trip once a season. Um, the travel on our league is incredible. Like, you know, 12 teams, we go to Swan Valley, which is five hours away. Um, once a year, way to capital is four hours away and they're all like cool rinks and, and beautiful to play in. And, um, most nights you're back in your own bed, you know, by one or two in the morning, which is, you know, not, uh, you know, travel in different leagues across the country. I mean, it's, it's tough. Like it's a challenge in BC if you play in uh, Prince George and then you have to go to Victoria, like it's a couple day trip. So um, yeah, from that aspect of it, there's, you know, it's in a regular season, it's 60 games and, and it's big boy hockey. Like it's, it's so tight. It's, it's competitive every single night. And I didn't have a lot of nights like, you know, we had a, we had a pretty good record, but I didn't have a lot of nights where I felt super comfortable going into the third period until about halfway through the season when we were, if we were tied or down a goal or two going into the third, just like, well, this is just what comfortable is now. So no, it's uh it's just, a, it's a great opportunity for guys and it's, it's a great step on, uh, on the path for a lot of guys. Yeah. What would you say that, that, I mean, again, obviously there's travel involved, but not having, you know, the full Thursday of traveling like some leagues or having those kind of elongated bus trips and in, in some, some teams in, in at least the North American league flying, do you see that kind of maybe enhanced development a little bit over the course of the season? Yeah, I think so. It's, I mean, everyone, everyone has their challenges and um, you know, it's, that's still part of hockey though, too. Like we, we had a, we had a, a stretch last year where, you know, I don't know. Well, I'm the one who made the schedule last year. You do it in a big room kind of thing. So I'm the only, I, I can blame myself and it was pretty stupid. We played three games in three nights in Swan, Swan, OCN, got back at eight in the morning um, on like a Monday and then went and played Steinbach, the best team in the league on Tuesday at two in the afternoon. And if you can believe it, we won all four games. So, um, you know, and Steinbach is a, you know, they're just an excellent team and we came out and I don't know what it was, but so you get into situations like that, but I mean, that's, that's hockey. Like it's, we talked a lot about last year, the obstacle is the way and the schedule a lot of the times you know, that, that's your obstacle. So everyone has their challenges, but yeah, to answer your question, to be back home at, you know, midnight or one in the morning from Verdon, you know, you can still get up and you can still practice the next day. And, you know, you don't, you don't have to take as many breaks. Sure. No, no, no. I think that's, that's a great part of the league. I guess one thing too, as we kind of keep touching on the league and the competitiveness, I mean, obviously everyone's goal in junior hockey is advancement. Um, and again, for people not familiar with the league or want to learn more about it, I guess, you know, talk about, 
you know, what you saw this year in your first year with Winkler as far as um, exposure opportunities, whether it's NCAA, Division One, Division Three, CIS, um, you know, even obviously we could talk about Drake Bergen later, but, you know, even USHL exposure. Um, I've been up to the league myself, uh, even when I worked in Dubuque for four years and uh, like we drafted Reese Gaber out of there. So I think there's a lot of great players. Sometimes they have to leave the league to go to the USHL and sometimes they don't, but maybe touch on the exposure across the league. Yeah, you know, it's um, – honestly, I'll be the first one to admit, when I was in BC, I had a kid in midget, Wilson North, Northy, who went to Dauphin as a 20-year-old. And like I said, I, I mean, I didn't know what Winkler was. I didn't know where Dauphin was. And I think it's it's really grown in leaps and bounds just in terms of its exposure. And, yeah, there's players like Drake Bergen, you know, who's a Division One, you know, guaranteed kid – um, you know, and then I remember the first couple of games last year and we played Dauphin, played against Grady Hobbs, you know, who's just like, I, I can see this kid playing pro, you know, let alone, sure. uh, let alone college, you know, and there's just, there's so many, every team has, you know, two or three, you know, a couple of teams have more, four or five, just, just star players. And being that I was in, in college for the last three years, you know, I could see that like I could just see it, like I could see their next, their next step. So I think with Manitoba, it's, it's a lot of home, you know, a lot of kids from Manitoba. I mean, our team is probably about half Manitoba and then half everywhere else. Sure. So I just think it's a, it's like, it's a small, modest province that doesn't speak up too often, but there's, you know, a real special thing growing here. And, and uh, yeah, like you said, schools are taking notice. I mean, I had seven 20 year olds last year. And um, one of them was a Western Hockey League kid, and he's he's playing at uh, he's a goal. He's playing at UBC now. Um, five of them went, or sorry, four of them went to Division Three or the uh, the ACHA or the yeah yeah in, yeah, in, in between or whatever. And then uh, our captain Jaden Townsend had a ton of offers, but he decided to go to school at the University of Manitoba and hang his skates up and but he's doing everything online. So he's going to come help me coach. So, you know, the, the kind of the model for the league is play here, go anywhere. And I didn't know about it before I came, but I, I sure know about it now and I sure believe in it now. Yeah. I think one thing too, to touch on is obviously in a normal year, like I actually went to the showcase last year, but you guys have a showcase to kind of kick the season off. I know there might be some games before that, but talk about that and then talk about too, how, uh, you guys have the MJHL, SJHL kind of crossover event. I think it's usually in January off the top of my head, but maybe touch on that for people not familiar and what they're all about and, and maybe what your experience was with, with both of those events this year. Yeah, the, the early showcase last year, I think we played maybe four games or two games. So um, it was all still kind of a whirlwind at the time, but, you know, you go to this, uh, you know, it's a cool rink in Winnipeg and, and it's both sides are going at the same time. So it, it actually feels like, you know, like a festival if you're in Switzerland or world championships or something like that. Um, and it's filled with, you know, filled with scouts, um, coaches from U sports. And the only reason I know that is because I recognize them like Mike Saran from the U of M. And then I think the guys from uh, Regina, uh, Regina were there and then lots of new faces, you know, that I, you know, people I haven't met yet um, from, uh, from NCAA ranks. So sure you know, it's full and, and all the kids are talking to, to scouts afterwards. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the MJSJ showcase, 
same thing in that uh, in the rink in, in Regina uh, where we used to play uh, the Cougars and it's like it's full and it's not you know there's a lot of kids traveling so there's not a lot of parents um, so it's just you know it's scouts and it's a bit stressful for the guys but they got to suck it up it's sort of their own fault for being good at hockey. And those are set up as all-star teams correct like the league picks who's going and who you know playing on each of the teams from the MJ and the SJ? Yeah, there's, it's, it's pretty collaborative. Um, so my team last year was myself, Paul Dick from Steinbach, and uh, Gordy Burnett from Winnipeg. Um, so we get uh, – each team submits a list of, of their own players, um, and then the coaches kind of whittle that down. You know, and it's, it's a process. I mean, it takes a few months. Um, you know, it's a lot of – we were doing a lot. We were doing Zoom calls before it got cool, actually, um, before the pandemic. So <laughs> you build those teams kind of the best, you know, the best way you can. And you want kids who are who are eligible um, to go and to, to play. You don't want someone taking up a spot um, if they're already committed somewhere. You know, it's, it happens a little bit because you want competitive games. I mean, the competitive spirit comes out in all of us and we want to beat Saskatchewan and they want to beat us because that's what uh, that's what looks looks best. Yeah, I think, um, you know, my, my experience up there is, I mean, just so people understand, like, too, is like you touched on the NCAA schools, like there are Division One programs up there. I mean, I saw WCHA, Hockey East, Atlantic Hockey, so um, even even NCHC programs. So it's, uh, it's, it's definitely growing as far as, uh, I mean, look, those colleges have to cover every league today, right? There's players everywhere. So, um, and I actually think the MJHL outside of like the known, what people consider I guess the top leagues like there are there are some great players in it so um, I think last thing on the league before we get into Winkler and what you guys are running there and what it's all about is you know some people that go and do some research on the MJHL um, and, and see something on social media or press release um, you know obviously junior leagues today some have drafts some have letters of intent um, you guys have a draft can you just touch on in case people like, oh, did I miss out or something like that? How that runs? Is it yeah. more local? Um, I guess kind of just fill us in on that. It's so, yeah, so it's primarily, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's local. Like, in, it's Manitoba kids um, who are eligible for the draft. Um, same thing as the, uh, as the Western League Bantam draft. It's, it happens a week after the Western League draft, actually. So you have to take that into account. Um, a couple kids we have coming to camp this weekend, you know, if uh, – we have, a, we have a guy we drafted in the fourth round who was drafted in the sixth round by Saskatoon. So, you know, you, you need to be smart with stuff like that. And our, our head scout, Mike McCauley, um, you know, he spent years watching all these kids and he's come up through the ranks. So, so yeah, the, the draft is cool because it's, you know, the, there, there is no draft in BC and I haven't gone through it before. So I was kind of just sat back and watched as it happened the first year. Um, but it's fun. Like you, you, you choose these kids and for them growing up in Manitoba, you know, and I've, I've heard this from, you know, the, the Sven, the guy I coached with at UBC, he was drafted by Steinbeck, I think way back in the day and then ended up going to the Western league. And, and it's neat. You phone these guys up and, and they're excited and, you know, they can, they can start to see a path after minor hockey, which is pretty cool. So um, yeah, it's, it's quite the process and, and you build your list and it's like they talk about in the NHL, the best way to build your program is to build through your draft and then, you know, add other, add other kids along the way. Do they, I'm curious, do they actually just sit on your list until you either 
drop them, uh, they play for you, or you trade their rights? Yeah, yeah, basically. So you have a 50-man list, um, and, and there's, but there's different, there's different categories, which I, I, I'm not the general manager here, so I'm, sure, I'm, still, sure. I'm still learning that stuff. They send me the kids to camp, and we try to pick the best team. But, um, you know, if a guy, you know, if a guy like Drake goes to Dubuque, um, then we put them, I think it's what's called a C-list. So your their rights are still protected in in your own province or in your own league that sort of thing. Sure, so sure, there's a lot of different. Uh, it's pretty sophisticated. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So yeah. I guess you know, thanks, kind of bringing that full circle with the league. I think moving yeah. into Winkler, let's talk about for some for for people that don't even know where it is. Maybe touch on where it's located, its town. Um, what what does your daily schedule look like for the kids? You know, on Monday to Friday. Obviously, I know you guys play Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, some weekends. And I guess too, like to bring that point, you know, full all around, uh, I would say is what kind of what drew you there, right? Between uh, obviously the opportunity of being a head coach, but you kind of touched on a little earlier about the, uh, the board of governors and, or the ownership. Um, I guess kind of touch on all that if you can. Yeah. Um, well, so what was the, what was the first part again? I was kind of trying to. Keep I was where, so where's Winkler actually located? Right, yeah, yeah. Okay. At, you know, just to yeah. give us an idea. Well, Winkler is located. Oh, I, the, it's in the exotic, the most exotic part of Manitoba, um, okay. the tropical region. We call it. No, it's it's about <laughs> a half an hour from the American border. Um, it's about an hour and a half south of Winnipeg. Um, they call it the Pemina Valley, though it's I, I don't know. It's not it's not really a valley. It's pretty flat, but it's pretty green. You're surrounded by farmer's fields and, and trees and stuff. So it's, you know, it's a gorgeous little uh, corner of the world. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, as far as daily schedule this year, this year is different. So we're playing a 40 game season um, primarily on the weekends. Um, and you're going to play the same team four times in a row for the first half of the season, which is, you know, it's kind of the safest way to do it. So I like it. It's cool. I, I like the college schedule. Um, it's nice for the guys. We have a lot more time to to lift and and to be in the gym and and whatnot. Um, you know, in a, in a regular year, it's sixty games. You know, it's it's one step down from from pro hockey. So, um, you know, our our daily schedule is, you know, we we obviously practice practice every day. We practice in the afternoon to make sure that the school guys can go to school in the morning. Um, some guys will get part-time jobs and things like that, especially this year, they're going to have more time on their hands um, or will lift and do things like that in the morning. Um, and then there's, you know, as much as we possibly can, we want to be involved in the community. Um, it's tough. You know, it's tough right now. I can't, I can't good conscience send 10 guys in to read to, you know, yeah. kids at the elementary school across the street, but you know, so that's, that's really unfortunate, but that's, you know, in a normal, if there's ever a new, uh, like if ever, anything's ever back to normal, you know, our big focus is to be involved in the community as much as we possibly can. Um, yeah. Does that cut? Oh, and then. Yeah, uh, no, I think that's, no, I think you're, that's a good okay. answer. I think yeah. how about touching on like, you know, obviously you guys are going to run team practices. Guys are going to work out. You touch on going to school. Is there anything or outside uh, resources you guys bring in in terms of, um, I guess straight to conditioning, skill development. I don't know if there's any power skating coaches, things like that, that guys have access to, or is kind of everything in-house through you, your assistant, maybe a goalie coach, I guess any kind of uh, outside staffing members to, for the kids to kind of take advantage of. 
yeah, no, our, our staff is, um, well, I've been here for a year, but our staff has swelled. Like I, you know, working, working with Sven for three years at UBC, you know, the biggest thing I learned from Sven, which what he learned from, you know, I mean, he played professional hockey for 17 years is just how you treat people and, and, you know, how you treat the guys. And we, we treat the guys here. Our, our focus is to give them every possible advantage, you know, they could have. So we don't, uh, we don't have as much, you know, we don't have as big a budget as a uh, professional hockey, but sure. we, are, we are surrounded with an incredibly generous community. So, you know, I have a professional physiotherapist who's in house um, every Tuesday. I have massage therapy who's in here every Thursday. Um, uh, my strength and condition coach is named Steve. We do team lifts every Monday and Wednesday after practice. Um, I have a nutrition specialist who's not, you know, who's not in the, he's not in the building, but, um, you know, we have, uh, we have another physiotherapist that people go and see. We have a team doctor. Um, and then as far as the skill development side, that's, that's a little bit of my, my background. So, um, I cover that kind of what we do. So my assistant coach and I, uh, Harry Mahesh, like Harry will take the defense. I'll take the forwards and there's a lot more time for skill development this season, but, you know, we, we focus on that a lot more than, than systems and, we play a lot more small area games than we probably should, but I really believe in that kind of thing. Um, and then, yeah, we have a, we have a power skating instructor as well. So it's, uh, I mean, the difference here as opposed to, you know, college hockey professionals that most, most people have um, other jobs. Um, but uh, you know, so it's sometimes it's like putting the, putting a puzzle together, but I like puzzles. I'm pretty good at it. So, so far. so good. <laughs> Just a random question. I mean, you remind me, is it a 40-game season this year because of COVID? Yeah, 40 games, yeah, just yeah, because of COVID. Yeah, so obviously there's going to be a lot more time to practice and, and obviously, uh, you know, in a safe manner and, and get gain more development through that kind of uh, outlet. I think you think you might get through the year and be like, you know, obviously we, you know, juniors are typically playing 60, some weeks 70, you know, some weeks 55, but – I mean, do you think there's a chance you get through the year and you're like, that actually was better? I'm just curious. Um, oh, man. That's a loaded question. Um, I, don't, I don't think so because Sven and I complained all the time that we wanted to play more games um, yep. against more teams. Um, so I just – I mean, I can see the merits. I can see the merits in both. Like, it's, it's nice to practice and it's, it's nice to, you know – the guys are going to get huge because they're going to spend a lot of time in the gym. Um, but ultimately, you know, ultimately the goal for a lot of these guys, I mean, they want to go to college and then they want to play pro, but you know, when you're here on a day-to-day basis, it's about being a good player here first and whatever schedule we have, it's, that's what's in front of us and hockey players are adaptable. So ask me that again in well, <laughs> the middle of the middle of March. If I, if I, if when we get through this season and there's a champion and and it's over, I I I don't know what I'm gonna I don't know how I'm gonna feel to be honest. <laughs> so going back to to kind of the players and and uh, you know what you guys like to bring there and what types of kids you need, I guess you know when you're recruiting or you're you know obviously you're through your first year, I'm sure you learned a lot as far as the ins and outs of the league, but. You know, what types of kids do you guys want there, you know, on the ice, off the ice? I mean, I guess what is – if I said, hey, what does Winkler uh, hockey look like? I mean, maybe give us a brief description of that. 
Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, and you know, I know, I know a lot of people say this, but I truly believe it is that we believe in character. Um, you know, there's there's so many players out there that it's just it's never going to be worth it to have a guy around who is an energy vampire. Um, sure. You know, we know we have our team really has two rules: is be on time um, and don't be an energy vampire. And you know, it's not some and and that's maybe cast people in a, in a negative light, but you know, you can you can always find guys and but you can you can teach you can teach them too that. You know, if someone's frustrated with their ice time, that's not gonna that's not gonna help, right? Or if they say, "Oh, I was just frustrated," or "I'm just mad," that's just that's such a lame excuse. Um, so we just, whenever that kind of thing happens, which it does, because they're mostly teenagers, um, then it's just about educating, and then they usually come back the next day and they bring more energy than they ever have. So, you know, so so guys here, I mean, that's that's what it looks like. Our culture off the ice is awesome. Um, the guys spend a lot of time together, you know, away from the rink. It's a small town, and, and especially this year, they're not allowed to hang out with other people. So, you know, we have to be careful. So, um, you know, it's it's just a fun place to play, and you know, we we keep it fun on a daily basis. And when things need to get serious, you know, I don't know. It's kind of like I take having fun seriously and being more serious. And the more you put into it, and the harder you work, the more fun you have. And that's you know, that's something I've learned over the years. And I really believe the more you put, you know, the more you put, you put into something, the more you're going to get out of it. So if you're coming in and you're subtracting energy, well, you're not going to get much out of the experience. So um, we've got an incredible group of returning guys this year. And then the kids we've added, I've now had, you know, you, t you asked about recruiting. I mean, for, for me as the coach, I mean, primarily it's done through Jeff and Mike, um, our, our GM and our head scout. Sure. But I talk to these guys a lot now too. And, you know, I've seen, I've seen a kid like Derek Weed who's here and he's used our gym over the summer and he's a signed kid, but he wants to come in and make an impact. So, you know, it's a lot of texts, it's a lot of calls and stuff and whatnot. And they get to know me and they get to feel a little bit more comfortable. And then I get to know them. And, you know, if we feel comfortable with the character and with the culture off the ice, then, you know, the on ice stuff takes care of itself. Yeah, I think, um, and, and a lot of teams are like that, where there's a GM or director scouting and the coach, you know, kind of, and I'm not speaking to how you guys operate, but just, you know, you, you kind of say, hey, this is what we need. Obviously, you guys have your kind of blueprint, um, and, and it kind of works as far as like a machine, right, as far as uh, filling for next year. But I think one other thing I think would be, you know, interesting to hear would be, you know, today there's so many options, like you said, even with, with kids, right. For your side of it, there's a lot of players and, and little things separate good from the great. But um, when it comes to juniors and, and kids are considering programs and organizations, whether it's within the MJHL or they're considering three different programs and three different leagues. Yeah. Um, I think, what do you think, what, what kind of advice would you give to kids that are considering that, you know, that's a big decision for them, their first time playing junior. Um, and even if they're considering Winkler, like kind of what would you kind of give to them? Um, I mean, the first, the first, I mean, what I say all the time is just if, if you've got options, then it probably means you're doing something right. So, you know, look at all your options, um, ask as many questions as you can. Um, you know, if, uh, we never guarantee anything here. Like even, even the returning guys, I mean, you know, they'll probably be around, but there's trades and stuff. There's just no guarantees in life. 
unless someone can come in and guarantee me 50 goals, well then great. I'll guarantee them a spot on the power play. But, um, you know, it was just talk to people you trust, you know, lots of, you know, kids have advisors and they have parents and, and whatnot, but then it all comes down to like when you're 17 to 20 years old, it's time to grow up and make decisions for yourself and, you know, do what you think is right. It doesn't mean it's always going to work out, but, um, go for it, make a decision, stick with it, and then work to, you know, and then work on it on a, on a daily basis. Like if, if you, if you come to Winkler, you know, there's still going to be ups and downs because if it was all easy, then you're probably in the, in the wrong place. So, um, you know, that's kind of what all I, you know, what I say. And then, I mean, to sell us, I just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just, it's always different, I guess. It's, it depends on the kid and it depends on, what they're looking for and their personality and their character and just tell them this is the, this is the opportunity that they're going to get. Um, this is how we operate. And you know, if that's something that you can see yourself fitting into, then yeah, let's, let's go. But you know, there, there are, there are options, right? We, there's, there's leagues on both sides of, you know, in Ontario and in Saskatchewan. Um, we, I just had three guys that drove in from Alberta two nights ago after quarantining in their basement for two weeks. And, you know, they had other options back home, but they, they chose to come here and um, a couple BC kids as well. So, you know, if you can find a situation with in a program that you trust, you know, then, uh, then go for it and, and don't look back. Yeah. I think you hitting on like, Hey, we we're going to tell you what we could offer you and what it's like here day to day and how we're going to help you. And, at the end of the day, it's up to the kid to decide if he thinks it's best for him, right? So um, I think that's the best way because if you talk somebody into it, whether it's the kid or whoever, it's and he gets there and it's not what he thought it was going to be, it's not going to be good for either side, right? So um, do your homework and ask questions. I think that's definitely important aspects to touch on. And I think moving into like kind of development in junior hockey and kind of what you've seen, again, you know, you've, you've coached the college level and, and now the junior here, um, I guess what, what are some important aspects? I know there's obviously you could talk about skating and puck handling, things like that, but I guess general aspects of development that, you know, need to be focused on while kids compete at the junior level, what, whether the player is a skilled player or two-way player or, or a defensive player, whatever. I mean, what are some general kind of tangible things you would say, you know, kids, you know, if you had to throw two or three things out there that they should remain focused on through the course of everything, you know? Yeah. You know what? Um, it's an incredible question. And just like my, the wheels in my brain are turning as you, as you ask it. And it's so massive, but. Um, Definitely massive, but I guess maybe one or two things that pop out at you maybe in, in, initially. Well then it, in, as insane as it might sound, the first thing is to, is to make your bed in the morning. Sure. Um, is to, you know, and maybe like I, I follow the same routine. Like I'm almost, I'm mindless from the time I wake up to the time I get to the rink. Yeah, um, but I actually accomplish a lot because I do the same thing every single day. And some of these guys who have just come out of minor hockey or they're just leaving their mom's basement, um, you know, if they can make their bed in the morning and they can feed themselves properly, you know, they're not stopping at Tim Hortons and eating a donut. Um, then, then you're already like showing up and being ready. And I mean, and that goes back to one of our rules is not being an energy vampire. If you show up, and you didn't eat breakfast and you just, or you were up too late and then you're going to drain the energy out of practice. Well, that's going to affect your ice time. And, you know, because it's about the team and it's not about any one individual. So development wise for these guys, 
you know, at this level. And it was kind of, it was the same at UBC. Like guys are away from junior and no one's holding their hand for the first time. Um, you know, and they're living on their own and they, you know, they have to pay their rent and they have to get to class. So I've tried to follow that a bit. Like I don't want to hold the guys, you know, their hand here either. Sure. Um, so the biggest thing, the, the one like main biggest thing to me for development then is preparation and, and how serious you take it. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, that splits off into when you're ready to get on the ice for practice, you know, we, we generally don't practice too long. Like, we'll we'll do what we need to do and um, system wise and stuff like that. And then we do just a lot of competes and we play a lot of games and, you know, Drake Bergen's got to practice against Jaden McCarthy and, and they, they're, you know, and they, they push each other and they, they make each other better every single day. So if I had to pick two things, it would be make your bed and brush your teeth. I guess that's one thing. And then number two, just compete every day to try to get better. Yeah. I think too, like at least my, my opinion is it leads to consistency and reliability. Right. I think I tell kids, at least again, my opinion is, is, they get to junior and like in midgets, you can get a ways with talent, right? In some games, if you don't, if you're not ready to go or, or whatever, but in junior, you can't be the kid that's, you play 10 games and the coach knows what he's getting five and has no idea what he's getting the next five. Right. So um, I think everything you're talking about kind of touches on preparation and discipline and, and kind of being ready to go, which leads to competitiveness, right? If you're doing all those things, you're probably, you want to get better. You want to be competitive. So I think it's really uh, interesting to hear you say that. And I think moving into that, I mean, obviously you see the MJHL is, is unique. Like I, at least again, from my observations, like you have a lot of younger kids, like you said, kids that want to play major uh, kids that kind of their next step out of midget at 16, 17 is, is playing in the MJHL. It's, it's again, unique in that aspect. And obviously you also have a lot of 18, 19, 20 year olds that are going to be playing junior for the first time, you know, at an older age, I guess, you know, what are some of the biggest transitions you see for those kids, uh, I guess, at the younger ages and then obviously the general or older ages, you know, at least from this yeah. year? You know? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, for the younger guys, I think it's, I mean, I, th I think you nailed it before. Like, it's the consistency, yeah. right? If you, if you come in, we had two 17-year-old defensemen last year, um, which, is, which is tough, which is tough to, you know, as tough as a coach to manage like team wise, but then on an individual, you know, basis, it's not tough because those guys are so eager and they're so excited to be playing junior hockey. And then, you know, the mid November dip rolls around, like in Vancouver, it starts raining and everyone gets depressed in Manitoba. It gets windy and everyone gets mad. So, um, you know, it's so yeah, yeah. At younger ages, they have to deal with the fact that, well, we just made a trade for, you know, a 20 year old defenseman and you're coming off the power play. And, you know, that's hard for these guys who've always been the best players on their team. Um, but then that's, that's part of learning too. It's, you know, you can be, you can be not mad or not frustrated because again, that's you being an energy vampire, but you got to use it as motivation to try to win that spot back without taking anything away from your teammate And, those two defensemen, Kyle Lamru and, and Trent Sandberg did an amazing job at that last year. Both guys spent time on special teams. And then, you know, throughout the course of the season, we got, we added a 20 year old defenseman, a 19 year old, two 19 year old defensemen. And, and we got a lot deeper and it actually cost some people their spots. So, 
that's just the reality because if you do what's best for one individual kid you won't have a job for very long it's about doing what's best for the team so that's the biggest adjustment there and then you know the older guys I mean the, the 19 year olds if they're playing for the first time it's it's just about you know how, how do they fit in you know are they going to be someone who's asked to put up a lot of offense I mean if everyone scored goals that would be amazing but you just have to find a way to contribute and you know we've got a lot of different styles of players coming in this season um you know less of the same kind of player duplicated so there's a lot of you know there's a lot of work to do there's a lot of games 60 minutes long and you have to find a way to contribute you know whenever you're on the ice and you have to find a way to contribute during the week too even if you're the guy that's cracking the whip and saying hey you know it's your you have to wash the dishes like you know, it's all about being part of a team and being part of a culture. Yeah, I think too. I mean, obviously, you this year alone, you've worked with a lot of different players. And I think, you know, you touching on, you know, you've touched on development and discipline and all the things that kind of go into it in the day to day. But even just so people understand, I mean, you know, obviously you had a chance to work with Drake Bergen this year, who was uh, won a lot of awards, uh, defenseman of the year. Um, and obviously he's going to go, at least from what I've read, he's going to go play in the USHL and heard um, for Dubuque. Again, I know he's got to go to camp and all that stuff, but I guess touch on too, like a lot of people think, Oh, I got to be in this league or that league to get better. You know, maybe just from your experience working with Drake uh, Bergen, like, you know, he kind of stayed, he stayed committed to the process and it's at least for now it's working out for him. And I, I think I believe he has had division one offers maybe touch on how, you know, he kind of just stuck to the process and didn't think he needed to go anywhere else, you know, and, and maybe for kids that, you know, they're throwing a lot of different curveballs today and this and that. And, and obviously there's always a, there's always an opportunity where you have to take a step, right. If it's right for you, but, you know, maybe something that you could touch on just from your experience working with Bergen and, and kind of, you know, his process. Well, I mean, it's, it's funny. He literally just walked by me. Um, we've got, uh, he's, you know, he lives in the, he lives in the city so he yeah. drives here to work out and to skate. Um, and then he's still, he's coming to our camp on the weekend and it's still, it's not totally decided what he's going to do okay. um, with, with Dubuque. So um, I apologize. I, I just was going well, off what I've read online. But so no, I, no, that's, that's no, no, it's, it's totally fine. I mean, our, I mean, my approach with it, I mean, with him specifically in this is just, I support anything he wants to do because he's, you know, he has had division one offers, um, but his biggest thing, and he's going to bet on himself and, and like, and rightfully so. And like, I get, I get goosebumps talking about it because, you know, he came in last year as a 19 year old and new coach and, and knew everything and knew this, and he doesn't know where he stands. And, you know, he's, he's a sensitive guy and he wants everyone around him to be happy. And then first couple weeks go by and he really opens up and he realizes he can be comfortable. And then, it's like his season just, just took off. So um, yeah, he's had, you know, multiple other offers in the, in the North American league, other provinces, you know, around here, but he knows what he has here and he knows where, you know, where he, he knows what he's going to get, but he knows that he's going to be pushed as well. Like just because he was the best defenseman in the league last year, doesn't mean there's you know, the development has stopped. So he's just someone that really bets on himself and, and I bet on him as well. And, you know, it's just, it's awesome to see him here and see him take that kind of next step leadership wise. And if he's here with us, I mean, it's, 
you know, he, it's, it's a win-win situation for him. You know, he can come and be a leader and, and be a, you know, one of the best players in the province. And, you know, it's just, I'm just happy for him to get those opportunities. Like this is a guy who was playing uh, forward in Bantam a few years ago. And then, um, you know, his coach, Jamie Corbett figured out he was a defenseman and his career has taken off. So, you know, he, he deserves everything that's coming to him. And, you know, I might only get to see him for another five days and then he might be gone and out of our lives, but you know, I'll just be thrilled to, to see him and, you know, the USHL is an incredible league. And um, you know, like I said, win-win for him. And yeah, I get, uh, I get fired up just talking about it. So I might've totally missed your. <laughs> the, no, the- no, it's, I, I think what you touched on is, is exactly what I was looking for is like, you know, he, you know, look, if he stays where he is um, uh, again, regardless of what happens, like, it just says that he he believes that he can he can take that you know step to become the best college hockey player he can be there right and he he knows that because he has comfort in you know the situation the coach um, he knows what he's getting um, and and like I said he he could have the same thing in the USHL but you know he he doesn't feel like uh, like there's kids that you see all the time they turn the USHL down to stay in the BCHL the Alberta League wherever I mean I think there's even kids in your league who because of maybe it's because of the situation this year or whatever, they're, they're not, they're going to stay where they are. You know, I know there's kids in Dauphin doing that. So it's, uh, it's always interesting to hear the perspective from, from, uh, you know, different coaches on, on that kind of uh, conversation, I guess, you know, kind of bring this full circle, you know, you kind of touched on everything about the program, the organization and the league, which is awesome. I guess for anyone interested in Winkler, I guess as like the final word, I mean, what do you suggest they do in the future, if, you know, to get in the mix? You know, what are they, what can they do to be proactive? Obviously, you know, I know you guys aren't, you know, at least for Americans, maybe you're not coming down and scouting, you know, the tier one elite league and the HPHL and the Minnesota high school leagues and stuff like that. But, you know, what, what can they do to get on the radar? What does that process look like? And, and kind of anything else you want to add? You know what, Colby, we actually have secret agents everywhere. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's stressful for kids because they want to get noticed so bad. But at the same time, I just, it's like, you know, be a good player where you are. You know, we, we have a couple guys, you know, we, we signed a, we signed a kid out of Minnesota high school, uh, Mason Thingbold, but he's going to stay, he's going to stay at home this season because everything that's, that's gone on. Um, You know, we have, we had two Americans last year with Connor Gallagher and and Nathan Kuhlman, um, you know, and then we have, we have our Thunder Bay connection, you know, Jackson Arpin and Sullivan Shortread and Ian Tukinier are from, I've never been there. So I don't, I don't actually know what, like, I think they're from the same town, but they might be three yeah. hours away. I don't really know. Um, so my, I mean, my, my advice to kids is when you're, when you're 13 and you're 14, if you're worried so much about playing junior, well then when you get to junior, then, then you're going to be worried about them when you're going after that. Yeah. Like, be a good player where you are. And if that means you're like Drake and you're playing forward because you can't crack the lineup as a defenseman, well, be the best or, but no, sorry, he couldn't crack as a forward. So they put him on defense and he made the most of it. And, you know, the kid's going to go to school and he's going to play pro hockey. So, you know, just, and this is a, this is universal in Canada, United States and in, in Vancouver is that everyone's always rushing because they're because of their parents and all the white noise they have. So it's just, just don't rush, like have fun, play hockey and compete. And, 
you know, if do whatever it is, do whatever you do best. And then, and then you like the other stuff takes care of itself. And like, I know that's easy for me to say here because I've got, you know, 10 guys who just walked in who it worked for them. Um, but I mean, our, our whole thing this year and really, and it should be everyone is just to worry about what you can control. So you can worry about your habits or so you can control your habits. You can control how hard you work. Like, you know, actually fun, that, like when I went to the showcase and I got to meet um, Grady Hobbs and I got to meet uh, Austin Lamott was on our team and they just, you know, you, you don't dig too much. I said, how, how are you? How's your season going? Oh, it's great. I love it in Dauphin and, and Doug's giving me a really good opportunity. And so it's like, awesome. You know, you found that you've, you've been noticed, um, you know, so just, just focus on yourself, worry about how you play. Oh, and sorry, the story I was going to tell, I'm watching practice for the other U18 team and Carter Loney, who's on um, NHL uh, draft draft list. Oh. He is the hardest. He's 17. He's the hardest working guy in practice. There's he's up and down the ice. Like it's like seven in the morning. Cause you go and practice in burden and then you have to drive to, and he's just, you know, I noticed him instantly and he's 17 and he's the smallest guy on the ice. And you know, if, if everyone has those kind of habits and I, I get that it's hard, but you know, so that is a big rambling roundabout way to say, worry about what you can control. And if you're going on the ice, then make the most of that hour. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Be the best player you can be in the moment. And after one year, two years, three years, next thing you know, you build a really nice resume. And it, typically it all leads to uh, whatever path is going to be best for you in the long run, right? So um, it's like Bergen, right? He could have been worried, what am I doing? What am I doing? He kind of just got better. It's probably stuck to his process. And he dominated this year. And, and you know, obviously he's going to have a really good year this year, regardless of where he ends up. So Really appreciate you kind of coming on and, and telling us all about the MJHL and Winkler. And I wish you the best of luck this year. Obviously, I hope uh, things kind of get normal uh, just like you do. And, and like I said, let's let's keep in touch. The new normal, right? No, yeah. I really appreciate it, Colby. And, uh, you know, take care. And I know things are, things are crazy outside everybody's window. So just wish everyone the best. This has been another episode of the Paragon Sports Consulting Podcast. Uh, feel free to follow us on social media at Paragon Athlete, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, website, paragonsportsconsulting.com. Look forward to having our next guest and having you guys listen. Uh, everyone be safe, and we'll talk to you soon.